Hey everyone, I'm Communications Director Jay Sokol. First time guest on the podcast is Julie Kaler, College Station's Code Enforcement Supervisor. Julie and her team handles some things that you'd expect and some things that you might not expect when it comes to keeping our city clean and safe. Now, she and I cover topics ranging from most common violations to some really weird ones, honestly. And we even touched on the sensitive issue of hoarding, which code enforcement has to deal with from time to time. So whether you just moved here or you've lived here for a lifetime, I'm betting you learned at least one thing from my talk with code enforcement supervisor, Julie Kaler. Explain to me what you do so folks have an understanding of what your world is like. Absolutely. What we do in code enforcement is we proactively and reactively enforce city code of ordinances. And primarily that's the health and safety ordinance, traffic code, um, some business regulations like rental registration, various stuff like that. That sounds hard. It can be. Yeah. Yes. Well, so what kind of staffing do you have to accomplish these things? Right now I have, there's myself and I have four other officers. Each officer has their own area, kind of like a police beat. It's geographically based. So we have an officer that's primarily in Eastgate where all he does is everything from city hall up to the bypass. He's looking for all kinds of violations, weeds and grass, trash cans. Same with every other officer. I have an officer that works primarily east of the bypass. I have an officer in Southside. Then I have an officer kind of in the Southwood Valley area as well. I know I've been with city for about eight years. How long have you been here? 18. Okay. All right. So you win. But <laughs> when I first got here, uh, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, that, that code enforcement was, uh, I guess the approach was uh, code enforcement officers kind of driving around looking for issues to, to try to help resolve and so forth. And then we transition into more of a reactive mode uh, to where we... Uh, instituted an online reporting system, see, click, fix, so people could report problems, and then our code officers could go out and very specifically respond to those things. Have we kind of eased back somewhere towards the proactive driving around? Or are we a, a happy combination of those things? Where are we now? I like to think we're at a happy compromise between both reactive and proactive because, like you said, we have C-Click-Fix for our residents to uh, post any kind of issue that they have a concern about. And again, that's cclickfix.com, and it's free. Right. Any citizen can register for that and post an issue that they think might be a code violation, whether it's, you know, my neighbor hasn't mowed in, in months or their trash can's been left out. And then the officer goes out on specific days where they actually look for those things and tag trash cans when they're out 12 hours after their pickup. So you'll get a, a nice little happy tag that reminds you of that, um, reminds you of when your day is also. Yeah. And because we have such a student-heavy population, such a transient population, it's like starting over every semester, I imagine. And so you, you see the same sort of violations over and over and over again. So what are the most common things that you and your code officers are finding? 
The most common is trash cans. At the beginning of every semester, we, especially a new semester like we have right now, we're getting into August, new students, new renters are coming in. So we do a big push on, this is your trash day. Please remember to put your trash can out or remember to bring it in. This is your bulky day. If you have large items that you want to get rid of, such as couches, recliners, um, even just boxes, put them out on those days. Um, remember how to park. Look for those no parking signs. Yeah. Um, don't park on your grass. Because in some towns, like where I grew up, you can park in the grass all you want. But when you come here to College Station, we have a really strict rule about no parking in the grass. Why do you do that? Really, it's, it's kind of twofold. It's an aesthetic thing, and then it's a safety thing. Um, because catalytic converters can get hot when you have dry grass. Kind of make a little spark when the two meet. So mm -hmm. we don't want to cause any kind of fires or anything like that. So wait a second, now you're you're meddling because what if I want people to park in my yard during a home football game so I can make a little cash? Now you're getting in my way. Yes, we are. <laughs> there are probably a couple of problems with that. Right? There, there are a couple of problems with that. Um, when you start charging for parking, that's when you get into kind of a use issue. You're using residential property for commercial gain which you can't do. And then you get the whole parking in the yard thing where you're parking on the grass and you just can't do that anyway because that's what the ordinance states. It's not, unless you have uh, an approved surface, yeah, such as gravel, dirt, asphalt. Do you find that most people, whether they're students or, or not students, are happy to comply once they understand what they're supposed to do? Yes. Usually it's, I had no idea. I didn't know. Thanks for letting me know. Our goal is to educate as much as we can. We don't want to have to issue citations right off the bat. That's not our main priority. Our priority is to educate the new people, educate the people that have been here for a while, because sometimes they just don't know what the ordinance is. So if we have that conversation with that citizen, hey, your trash day is on Thursday. We noticed that your can out was still, still out on Friday. You know, please remember that it needs to be pulled in. So what are the most uh, egregious sorts of things that you tend to see uh, regarding trash and bulky items? Probably the most egregious would be the, the cans being left out and the bulky not being put out on the proper day or bulky items being put out too early. Um, people, we, we do understand that people do things on the weekend. They trim their trees. They mow their lawn on, yeah. the, on the weekend. And sometimes they just point it out, you know, a couple of days too early. Um, or they're cleaning out their garage or their mother-in-law's garage if she's moving somewhere. Um, and so we just kind of try and be mindful of those things and just remind people, hey, you know, this is, this is when your day is. How much um, should the city be doing to educate versus neighbors, realtors, leasing agents, that sort of thing. Um, it's, how, how always, much it's always helpful when a citizen makes that contact with their neighbor. Get to know their neighbor. One of our campaigns is be a good neighbor. Right. So if I notice that my neighbor might not be home for a week, maybe they're on vacation, I'll pull their can in for them or go have that conversation with them about their grass. Hey, I noticed you haven't mowed your grass in a while. Is your lawnmower broke? Do you need to borrow mine? Um, the conversations between neighbors, 
is always a good thing because you develop those those friendships and that connection with the community. Do you guys also have any kind of jurisdiction over the recycling containers and how they're left out or how they're placed out and that sort of thing? Correct. They go along, the ordinance says automated container, so that kind of covers the recycling uh, container. So those containers have to be pulled in as well as your trash can. Back to parking in yards. Um, how much of a problem is that in College Station? It really is a big problem because people just don't know or they don't have anywhere else to park, or at least they think they don't have anywhere else to park. Um, it's really a big issue during game days where people are trying to get as many people in a small area um, to get to the game. So they're just packing people in. And when you have that many people in a small area, we have really big safety concerns. So the police department is out there doing all the street traffic control, parking, no parking to corner, par hydrants, stuff like that. Code enforcement's looking for those parking in the yards and just trying to make that contact making sure that everybody understands that you cannot park anybody in the grass. During a, and I know there's more than just home football game days, but, but during those game day weekends, um, when there's a spike in activity, um, what does your presence in those neighborhoods, especially on the south side, what does that look like? What does that day encompass for you guys? It encompasses... A lot of driving, yeah. a lot of careful driving. Um, we have two officers in a truck that go out and, and look for the parking in the yard. And we try to knock on the door. Hopefully we can catch them before the game and ask them to move, move the vehicles from the yard and find a better place for them to park. Um, it's pretty intense. We go out into the south side area a couple hours before kickoff trying to make those connections, making sure that everybody um, is parking the way that they need to. I know the police department does the same thing. They're out there. They're trying to educate as well, making sure that the, the traffic path is clear for emergency vehicles. Yeah. Now, let's talk about open storage. What are some of the issues that, that seem to be prevalent in our neighborhoods and college station regarding open storage? Open storage is fun. Is it? It is. Absolutely. Um, because when you're driving around and you're looking for stuff and you just see this whole bedroom suite on a roof, it just kind of gives you pause, makes you wonder, you know, what are they doing up there? But is that just a, a one-time only thing or does that actually happen more than you we know it, it happens about two or three times a year whether it's a whole bedroom suit or a whole living room suit i've seen couches on top of the roofs where i guess they're wanting to look at the stars so it's not a prank it's hey let's go hang out on the roof with our furniture that's what it looks like to me um when you get to the the holes and tables and stuff like that that might be a little bit of a prank but Usually when you get come across just a, a couch or a bed on, on a roof, I, I think they're really wanting to just hang out. So what do you do? Well, you you uh, drive up or respond to a complaint where there's a couch on the roof. What next? We're going to leave a door tag. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a little friendly reminder. Hey, don't forget about the couch on the roof. Uh -huh. That needs to be, you know, out of public view. So if they want to put it in their backyard where we can't see it, 
that's perfectly fine. Um, if they they still insist on, on keeping that couch on the roof, then we start making phone calls to either their property manager, to them, um, just trying to make them understand, hey, you, you really need to get that couch down. Okay, so I'm guessing that's an extreme example. What are the more common examples of open storage issues? The more common is a couch on the porch or a recliner on the porch. Um, those are, are pretty much the things that we see the most. Uh, sometimes you get, um, when they're cleaning out the garage or doing something like that, or, or if they had a garage sale over the weekend and they've, leave, they've left a lot of stuff out on the side waiting for that bulky pickup, we just kind of remind them, hey, you can't have this stuff in open view. And in open view means if I can see it from a public right-of-way. So if I'm standing in the street and I'm looking at your property, Anything I see could be a violation, whether it's your weeds and grass are knee-high, you have that um, open storage, or I can't see your house numbers. Oh, okay. All right, so you talked about weeds and so forth. What about backyards? Because things could look nice and tidy up front, but could be a disaster in the back. What do you have... um, the authority to do or not do again we have to see everything from the public right-of-way so if you have a privacy fence a wooden fence or, or a brick fence some kind of solid fence where I cannot look through you have that expectation of privacy that solid fence tells me I don't want you to go back there so if I can't see it we can't con- uh, constitute it as a violation but if you're a neighbor, if you live next door to something that you feel like, you know, uh, weeds are three feet high and there are rats and whatever, whatever, health mm-hmm. and safety. I mean, what do people do about that? They, they can contact somebody. Health department? No, really they contact us and we try to give like a friendly call to that neighbor. Hey, we got a complaint. All of our, all of our complaints are anonymous. We yeah. don't ever let anybody know that, hey, it was your neighbor next door. <laughs> He's calling in on you again. Um, we don't do that. Okay. We don't give out any names, nothing like that. So we just say we got a complaint. All right. About your backyard. Can you mow it for us? Do you think you can mow it for us? Something like that. But we can't go back there and look. Boats and trailers. Is there anything uh, restrictive about what kind of presence you can have with a trailer and so forth? Boats and trailers cannot be in the street. Okay. Um, RVs are allowed in the street for 72 hours in a 30-day period. And really what we ask is put it in your driveway. Uh If it's in your driveway, it's fine. Just don't leave them on the street. Okay. Weeds and grass, how big of a problem is that? In the spring, it's pretty, pretty big problem. Um, Just by nature of spring. Yeah. Um, Weeds and grass, I I always ask this question, how big is 12 inches? And then people go, well, that's a foot. Well, yeah, it is a foot. But when you think of it prospectively, that comes up to (laughs) mid-calf. So if the weeds and grass are mid-calf all through the property, then we have a violation. Okay. So if we have like a couple of dandelions here and there or, you know, large clumps of clover in the middle of the yard, that's not a violation. It's got to be 12 inches across the whole property. All right. That seems to make sense. But with the amount of rental property we have in this town, I imagine people go away for sometimes 60, 90 days at a time, and that's when 
problems pop up, right? That's correct. So what we do, again, we go through our process. We leave our door tags. We make our phone calls. We write a letter. Um, once the letter, we send all our letters certified. So people have to sign for the letter acknowledging that they've received it. So if it still hasn't been mowed, then we're going to post the property, giving that resident one more last chance before we mow. Actually, we've been really lucky this year. We've only had to mow one property. So, and that amounted to about $300 in total fines. Okay. And that's better than some previous years? Yes. In previous years, we've had to mow 10, 20 properties. But this year has been actually a really good year. Congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, here's an area that I want to ask you about. And um, I'm sure... I'm sure this is a bigger uh, issue than I'm even thinking about, but how do you guys deal with hoarding in a variety of ways? Because I imagine that looks, um, there are different types of hoarders to different degrees and that sort of thing, but you guys have to deal with that occasionally, don't you? We do, especially when it creeps into being in public view and we can see all those items. Hoarding is a delicate, delicate situation because it is considered a disease. It's part of the OCD yeah. where, as you know, my sister-in-law cleans excessively, you have people who collect things obsessively. And so it's we have to kind of walk a little bit of a fine line in trying to get that person to understand that they can't have all this stuff in open view. Um, they have to keep it out of sight. Yeah. Um, a while back, we did have to clean one property because it backed up to a school. It was near a creek. You get into all different kinds of issues when you're near a creek. And we worked for two years to get this citizen to clean their property, and we ended up having to clean it for them um, because they were just not willing to take care of the problem. Is that something that is just a a super rare occurrence, or would people be surprised at how often some level of hoarding happens in the community? Well, statistics tell us that about 10% of our population are hoarders. Really? Yes. So while you may not see it on the outside, it's happening on the inside. Yeah. And, And we're not allowed to go inside houses to check on that stuff. We get probably about two or three complaints Um, a year from the fire department or from the police department saying, hey, we have a hoarding situation inside this house. Um, Is there anything you can do about it? We we can't do anything about the inside. But as long as we can control what they have outside, then we're we're all right. But if it ever reaches that extreme level, there's practically a task force within the organization that addresses things, correct? Correct. Um, When I had to clean that property a couple years ago, I brought in a number of different people from MHMR, the police department's uh, critical incident person. Sanitation, I'm sure. Sanitation. Yeah. Yeah, it was a really big undertaking for sanitation because it was 14 roll-offs that they ended up taking from that property, full of brush and discarded items. That person, they had a boat. We didn't even know they had a boat until they had cleaned a lot of the stuff um, out from from in front of it. It wow. was clothes. I think we found 15 lawnmowers. 
goodness. Yes, it was, it was quite an undertaking. So that's an extreme example, but it's something that you and your crew has to deal with on occasion. That's correct, yes. Hmm. Probably about maybe two or three times a year. Okay, so we're heading into the fall semester, uh, and then, you know, holidays on the heels of that. What are the main messages now that you want to make sure uh, you're pushing and that people in neighborhoods are, are helping spread uh, among maybe their student neighbors or maybe their, their uh, new families that have just moved in? The main message is be a good neighbor. Have neighbor-to-neighbor neighbor contact. Make friends with your neighbors. Um, even if it's just a conversation about somebody leaving their trash can out or somebody parking on the grass, get out there and meet your neighbors. Um, it's important because you may need their help somewhere down the line. They may need your help somewhere down the line. And it's always good to have those connections within your neighborhood. Yeah. Craziest story that you've run into or run across uh, over the last few months? Last few months. Um, goats. I don't know why goats keep coming up. There's something about goats. Uh, a couple years ago, uh, I, found, I was driving around a neighborhood, and I, I looked over at a piece of property, and there was a goat okay. in somebody's backyard. Right. Um, so I, I let animal control know about the goat. And one of my officers just last week found a whole trailer full of goats <laughs> in someone's driveway. They were just there hanging out. So um, she tells the story that she thought she heard somebody crying for help. So when she went to investigate to try and help this person, it was a whole trailer full of goats. <laughs> so I don't know what it is about goats. But They're nature's lawnmowers. They, That's what yes, yes, they are. Huh. So we're, uh, we're some sort of sanctuary city for goats, apparently. Yeah, goat sanctuary. Okay, so if people want to learn more about code enforcement or about the things that they, they should be doing or not be doing, that sort of thing, uh, how do they find that information? Absolutely. They can go onto the city's website and look under the community services page. That's where we're located in um, the community services department. Look for code enforcement. It has a lot of information about what the top 10 code violations are and where those violations are in the ordinance and what the ordinance says. Or they can email me, code enforcement at cstx.gov, or they can call me. 979-764-6363. I'm always willing to answer any kind of questions people might have. It, it, there's no crazy question that I have never heard. Ready for a pop quiz? I will try. Okay. Not necessarily in order. Okay. Name the top 10 code violations. Weeds and grass. Okay. Trash cans. Parking in the yard. Open storage. Junk vehicles, which we didn't talk about. Oh, junk vehicles. Yeah. Okay. Um... Oh, that's, that's five. five. Uh, I feel like I'm on Jeopardy. <laughs> I know. I just, <laughs> look, this is your world. I want to see if, if you could do this off the top, okay. of, top of your head. Um, oh, all I got is five. Sorry. Maybe, maybe your list is a top five and not a top ten. Maybe. Okay. It is a top five. If Congratulations, you got them. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Did we leave anything out? I don't think so. I think we pretty much covered the, the majority of... Of the issues that we see on a day-to-day -day basis. Julie, thank you very much. Thank you, Jay. Okay, maybe that was unfair to give her a pop quiz like that. Sorry. But I'm leaving it in there anyway. Julie mentioned two things that I'll mention again. You can learn more about the do's and don'ts that she talked about at cstx.gov slash code enforcement. And 
You can report code issues by using either the C-Click Fix smartphone app or by visiting cstx.gov slash cclickfix. Okay? Okay. Thanks again to Julie for being my guest, and thank you for listening. I'm Jay Sokol.